Welcome to the Chasing Brighter podcast, a show about self-discovery and lifestyle tips for moms. We are your hosts. I'm Kelly, a wife, mom of two, and an independent consultant with my own company in Chicago. And I'm Jessica, a wife, mom of three, and owner of my own outpatient mental health practice in Nevada. You're about to go on a journey of self-discovery as we chase a brighter you. Every single week, we will bring you new episodes that will cover everything from lifestyle and tips to more serious conversations about grief, life, and hardships. Whether it's a duo episode or we have a guest, you are guaranteed to pick up a new tool or feel less alone. This one is for the moms that have forgotten how to make time to keep their spark alive. Allow this show to be a reminder to always keep chasing a brighter version of you. Let's get into it. So Jess, how was your weekend? My weekend was pretty chill. My weekend is very much like that meme that says, I am the chauffeur to my kids living their best life. Because we did a lot of chauffeuring, particularly on Saturday. But in between the chauffeuring, it was super chill. How about you? We had a pretty busy weekend. The kids' old school had their annual carnival, which is always a lot of fun and exhausting because we try to squeeze in as much of it as we can in between everything else we're doing. So we went on Friday night and yesterday I took the kids. So they got to play, they got to ride rides and see new friends, old friends in the city. Our kids don't have a lot of free range and these car- the carnival is so fun because it's a pretty well boundaried space of two blocks and so the kids can just run free run freely be on rides I can hang out in the beer tent and then they nice. just come find me when they need water and money it's but, a legit like fair like our county fair almost or what it's, I would say, it depends on what you call a fair. Like, it's rides and games. They get a wristband, so they just have unlimited in and out of it. It's not that crowded either. So you ride the ride, you get off of it, you get right back in line again. So they spend hours just riding all the rides. Yeah. We have here their pumpkin patches. Do they have rides, too? Yeah. They oh, have okay. rides. It's like some of them around here do that too. They put like a big tents up and you get in, you can get a pumpkin and they have rides. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And we left. So, like, the kids left that school. This is two school years, two years ago. And we missed those families so much and we loved that school so much. And so it was really fun to reconnect with old friends as well Mm -hmm. for Brian and I. So like socially, we had a great time. We stayed out way too late on Friday night, just really hanging out with old friends that we don't get to see. So it was a really fun weekend from that perspective, I would say. Talking about the children having free reign, did you see the young girl that went missing while their family was camping in New York over the weekend? No, tell me about this. She was a nine-year-old girl. She went riding her bike on the campground 15 minutes later they found her bike lying on the ground oh no they're looking for her right now oh poop and i don't know that campground but we have a lot of friends that camp a lot mm-hmm. um, particularly like in rv parks but they talk about at the rv park they bring their bikes and the kids ride their bikes all over so i feel like in that 
group of people, like it's not unusual for your kids to be running around the campground unsupervised. Yeah, you know I don't I mean? mean to make light of that. I can't imagine, obviously, having my child go missing, especially a nine-year-old. That's so tough, man. That's so tough. You have a nine-year-old. I know. I have an almost nine-year-old. And you're just like, really? I don't know, because we talked about the shack a little bit when we had Dr. Cherik on. Yes. And in the shack, he takes his kids camping. And his daughter went missing, and she was like six. He had all of his kids with him, and the one went missing. You think about all the times you let your kids wander off. Like, we're at the baseball, we're at baseball diamonds, softball diamonds, and we, like, let the kids walk over to the playground. You see them where you are, but you're not staring at them. Somebody could grab your kid any time. You know what I mean? If that's your MO, so that's horrifying. Anyway, so. I actually had a conversation with a couple parents because their son was also running around freely. And I won't give out the specific location of the carnival for any abductors who are looking for <laughs> children, although it is It'll now. be over by the time That's we... That's true. And I'm not... Yeah. I don't know what the date is next year, but their child would be seven or eight and they had an air tag on him and they were looking for him. And that is the challenge. So the challenge with the air tag though is it gives you a general vicinity. So if Is that somebody, like a tile? It's a small round. It's the yeah. Apple version of the tile. Okay. It's a small okay. round thing. In fact, I have one stored on Beckett's backpack. Okay. So I know where he is with his backpack, but I don't have it on him. And they had it on their child and mm-hmm. other people did too. Because I think for younger kids, maybe that's a good peace of mind. Some kids give, some parents give their kids fitness trackers in the city. A lot of people, the kids walk two blocks from school, technically three, to like aftercare. Mm -hmm. So a lot of those parents have given their kids who are younger, who aren't old enough to have phones, other means of tracking them. But the thing with the AirTag is that it doesn't, it's not real-time GPS location. It updates maybe every 15 minutes or whenever it just gets a signal. I don't know exactly how it works. So they were like saying how the fitness tracker doesn't really or the air tag doesn't really show where their son is, but you can also do a play alert thingy. So if you're if he's nearby, he might he or she might hear, Oh, my parents are buzzing me. I probably need to go locate them, assuming he heard it and all I would like to know the stats. So basically there is a difference between a pedophile and a sociopath who kidnaps children to murder them. You know what I'm saying? Pedophiles are gonna put themselves in a situation where they see the kids all the time, like a coach and a teacher and whatever. But I, and I would know the percentage, but I don't know. That's just crazy to me. I Do keep you telling know? Gabby. Oh, like those girls. Remember those two? They were 14 or 15 and they went missing. They were off school. They each had their phones. They went for a walk and they disappeared. In Ohio on a bridge. Yeah. So and did they find one? them? So that actually... It is this conversation is always interesting how we end up having. We took a turn. We really took a turn. Actually, what I was going to say, which is linked to that, is do you know what the number one podcast, which is my all time favorite, is Crime Town Junkie with these two women. It's Mm -hmm. fantastic. They did a, they did a a full, they've done several episodes on the Ohio girls missing. What was interesting is I believe they initially, there was like a video, they took a video footage and this person they have a view of this man in the background or oh because you know what he did he came up to them and said let me take a picture of you guys and, and so, took other phones and then they were gone but 
they've, I, there was, I'm so terrible at this, Jess. I wish I could just, I should just make stuff up instead of stalling. I believe they have audio or video of this gentleman mm-hmm. in some shape or form that has given them clues. It was like a newer piece of evidence in terms of what, like who may have taken them. But it's like, in my mind, prior to this, Ohio, if you were with a friend and you each had a phone, I would feel safe. Because there's two of you. What this brings us to, I think I told you the story, but we'll let our listeners hear this story. My 15-year-old daughter went with Teresa, who was a guest here, and Teresa's daughter, Danica, for her 15th birthday, wanted to go to this lake, and they went cliff jumping. Do you know the story? No, I don't know the story. Okay. So it was Gabby, Danica, and two other girls. And Teresa, due to her mobility, couldn't be hiking up where the girls were cliff jumping. So she was down in the beach area. So she didn't have visual of the girls, but Danica was calling every 10 minutes. Teresa gets a text from an unknown number. Hey, mom, we're going to go on a boat with these guys we met. Teresa immediately texts no, nothing. Calls Danica, nothing. Calls the unknown number, nothing. She's hysterical. She's, they're dead. Obviously, they've been kidnapped. They're dead. She calls her husband and she's hysterical and she's, I don't know what to do. You know what I mean? And so she's packing everything up and she's trying to figure out like what to do. And so she's, I'm going to pack everything up. I'm going to get in the car, whatever. Girls come 20 minutes later and I have to give it, I have to hand it to Teresa because Gabby had no idea. Teresa freaked out. And several days later, when I had my 27th conversation with Gabby about this poor choice, I said, Teresa was hysterical. Teresa was crying. And she was like, are you serious? I said, Gabby, she was hysterical. And she was like, it just made her realize what a big deal it was. But Teresa had pulled it together and the girls did not know. You know what I mean? That she was so upset. But from the 15-year-old girls' perspectives, they were up hiking or jumping for two hours and there were all these people that were all talking there were families and parents and kids and there was this group of boys who were like a little maybe a little bit younger than them that they were talking to the whole time so everybody knew the boys everyone knew the family the dad drove off the boat on the boat and knew all these adults and all these adults knew him and everyone was talking and so they're like they're our friends mom because we were talking to him i go do you know his last name do you know his birthday do i know his parents do i know who he is he's not your friend but anyway they go on a boat when they kept saying it was a family it wasn't a family it was a dad and four boys and they go on a boat and it was innocent they did go tubing the guy returned them right to the beach where Teresa was like it was a legitimate nice situation and they were like why are you guys freaking out about it? You think we're so stupid. You think we're so stupid. And we're like, that's the same as getting in a stranger's car. There is no difference from getting on a boat. Justin doesn't like freak out like I do in lecture, but he was like, you don't get in a vehicle that I can't run and chase you. So if you're in something that's faster than I can run, don't do that. But Gabby goes, you know how we're at the dinner table and we're telling Dominic about it, who is almost 13. She's Dominic, you know how you go to the park and you're hanging out with somebody and you're talking the whole time at the park and you become friends with them and Dominic's like, and then you get in their car and go to their house. And she goes, no, I would never do that. And Dominic's, yeah, exactly. So they did not understand the gravity. And I was also like, don't be outnumbered. You are totally outnumbered. 
And when they kept saying we're on the boat with the family, I'm sorry, to me, a family was two parents, right? Yeah. It was yeah. Yeah. four boys yeah. and a dad. Yeah. Five against four. And Gabby's, it's not the big deal. I would have just jumped off the boat. <laughs> okay. So it took them a while to understand the gravity. What are your um, thoughts about that craziness? I could slap them. Oh, I think that is very, I think it's also good to be honest with them about these things and be paranoid. So last night, so Wes had invited a friend to the carnival yesterday who lives way up north and his dad dropped him off and picked him up, which was glorious because he's 40 minutes away and I'm such a traffic snob. And another friend's daughter who she left and she was like, just watch my daughter too. Cause they're all friends. So it was like these two guys and girl and me and Beckett. And we walked from the carnival home and there's a lot of crime right now happening in Chicago. There's been like a lot of robberies and they're saying it's like four teenagers who, who jump out of a black sedan. So I had told Wes earlier, if you're walking with friends alone, don't be on your phone. Always have your wits about you. Just assume somebody's going to come and steal your phone. So like you need to just always be watching. And I'm like, and if a car comes up and if it's a black sedan, I'm like, you just run. I was like, just run. And I was like, great. never run down the alley. No big deal. Like, don't I mean listen... to have you constant anxiety. Yes. And I, I'm my already me. anxious child. Right? So we're walking and it's dark last night when we came home and, and we walk the way that we walk home, if you remember by our house, are, is that like wholesale distribution business of mm -hmm. grocery stuff. Mm -hmm. So there's not like houses per se. But I told, I had told Wes, I was like, if you ever are walking, always walk on the main streets. Do not take side streets, especially in the evening right now. Make sure you're going somewhere there are people around you. Okay, I if Just you can, side note, I don't want Wes walking anywhere ever in the dark moving forward. By himself. So oh. Yes. Or well, ever. He's got to learn this stuff too. Yeah, but can you know? he have a scooter or something? Or I don't know, with a helmet and flashing lights and a neon vest. <laughs> I don't I'm know so about suburban, the scooter. Kelly. I'm so suburban. I'm like, oh my God. So we're walking and I just said, listen, guys, like there's a, there's like crime is up right now in the city and there's people, it's all areas of the neighborhood that are like, somebody will jump us. And I was like, they're, they may, nice. they're just going to run up, take our phones, punch us in the face, maybe kick us if we fall down. And then they run off. I was like, so if we see somebody, I'm like, we need to run. And I'm like, so just have your wits about you guys. Just put your phones in your pockets. So you were walking, walking from the carnival with yes. four children. With four Five kids. Children. And we were, yeah. And I, I guess everyone is very different on their points of view. My vision is I want to be real about what's happening and want them to be conscious of the fact that they need to pay attention. I don't know about you, but right now it's everybody. I feel like there's so many people who are like driving high and aren't paying attention to what they're doing. Those are the people that I'm assuming are getting carjacked in Chicago. Like you have to pay attention. Don't like even I was just reading this article about how to be vigilant and how if you're in a car, you never pull up right behind the other person. I know this. I forgot about it. I forget to remember. And so I was talking to Wes about it again, which is like, always leave space between you and the car in front of you. Because if something happened and you had to get pull away, like if somebody got out of the car and started yelling at you, you could turn out and run. Because road rage is crazy now too. It's not just Chicago. Like people are crazy. Mm -hmm. And it's just about like ways to protect yourself. The article went into if you have, it's always good to have a sharp object on you, like a pen or a pencil. So and here's my like, concern. I didn't tell my kids and that I, part. No, I agree with you. Like on the one hand, we have to let them know this is what's happening. On the other hand, think about the level of anxiety and that you're going to be in a heightened state and you're going to be walking around triggered and your adrenaline is going to be 
like pulsing in your body and then you're in fight, flight or freeze indefinitely, right? And just think about the havoc that's wreaking on your body. That's you know? if you're, but you're assuming in that case, you're assuming that you're existing in the world in a panic mode. I'm, I'm a not. woman. Okay. And I lived in the city. I lived in Philadelphia. I worked in North Philadelphia where we were told you don't put your registration sticker on your license plate because we're going to cut it off. And if you're leaving work, have security walk you to your car. So I've lived in those situations. And I remember walking alone at night as a woman and I feel heightened. I feel in a heightened state. If you're telling me to be alert, I'm going to be in a heightened state. Yeah, but it's not like you're going to have an anxiety attack walking home. No, but I'm asking. It's fair to be in a heightened state. Like I had. I'm asking, is that what does that do to you over time versus Susie Q living on a farm, doody doodle doodling in her pickup truck to work? I'm just saying I'm not saying it as a judgment toward you and your family. I'm saying that's so interesting to think about. Think about living in a war zone. Think about living in a high crime area. You know what I'm saying? That has to do. Oh, for sure. To your well, body. I don't. You know what I, I mean. I don't feel like. Well, I feel I like you're living it, in a warm zone. I'm. You live akin to a war zone, and I'm worried about that's you. That's what and some people think I about on the news. But West um, to have a stick. <laughs> it's not. I think it's just you should always be vigilant if you live in a city. Here's right? what it reminds me of. Okay, I was watching someone on um, Instagram Reels, and there are shields. There are bulletproof shields you can buy to put in your kids' backpacks, and I want to get one. That's did you know that? Okay, but see, I don't operate. See, that makes I'm me start thinking. When like, do you stop? What's hard? It's hard because that is a real thing. Everything can happen. Anything can right. happen. It's about preventing. Right. So I think you have yeah. to figure out what, how you operate. So for me, I love living in the city. I love the diversity. I love the culture. Yeah, you get a walk everywhere. I love the, yeah, yeah, different food. I love walking. I don't have to worry about driving places right? We get more exercise, all of that. I just know I have to be careful. And sometimes things are worse than others. And you just have to have your wits about you and pay attention and you will be fine. Also, I am very fortunate. Nothing has ever happened to me or my children. And perhaps that would anger me. I'm sure there are people who are leaving Chicago and continue to because they're concerned about the crime. But I feel like if you're smart and you protect yourself, you're going to be okay. Was there a big, was there a flight out of city post-COVID? What's the trend? Because was trend people is, moving into cities after COVID, were they moving out or are they moving back For in? sure. Moving during out. Co- during and after they have left in Illinois, okay, lost a lot of people. Cities. Chicago public schools this year is the first time since 2016 that enrollment is up. So people are oh, coming okay. back into the oh, city okay. or people are coming back into public schools. And the thing is, crime's everywhere. Like we have, there's stuff happening everywhere. Like I remember there was a guy, there was like, not that long ago, there was like a sweet, where I live, we connect to a whole bunch of trails that connect all over Las Vegas. There's a lot of biking and walking where I live. And there was a woman walking on the trail and she was stabbed by a schizophrenic person. Um, and then there was a guy that was like mugging people for there's a minute. Stuff so I just think it's Plus, everywhere like, you, all the time. Also, Jess, if you move to the country, anyway. you have to worry about your crystal meth addiction because okay. it, you're going to get bored and there's nothing to live do. Live in a farm. Okay. So, so if I live off grid. 
it's it could happen. Still might have. No, I'm not saying it wouldn't be crime. I'm talking about the vigilance aspect of it. You know what I'm saying? I just I'm just raising a question, something to think about. Like when I do, I think we have to as parents think about how we want to disseminate information to our kids because there are real things happening and real threats. And as our children are aging, they're going to have more independence. And if they have more independence, we need to give them information so they can make good choices. And that brings us also to our October book club, which is How to Talk So Teens Will Listen and Listen So Teens Will Talk. I started the book. Did you start the book? I finished it. Oh, so I'm better. I'm better than you me. are. Way to go. Way to go. <laughs> Where it's good, right? Yes. I love it. I love it because it it gives you actually examples of conversation. I love that. It, so when I was studying to take all of my exams, like I love case studies. So I love hearing this real life examples. Our favorite book. Of the good last life. season was the good life, which was like mm-hmm. real life testimonies of things. So it's like something that because you hear it's we read books and it's you need to do this, you need to do that, and then this the ones that are like real life people doing things is what resonates. And when's the book written? I grabbed it's my one copy. of the newer ones. Right? What's the copyright? Is it because it doesn't talk about cell phones at all? Two thousand five. Wow. So cell phones and texting wouldn't have been a big thing yet no, at that time. No. But I like that they don't do it, like that they don't talk about it a little bit. And oh, they I'm sure they have that book coming out, Just Don't worry. And so in the book, the authors were asked to go give a parenting talk to the school. And then they started having a parenting class and they met with the parents. But the, anyways, at the end of the book, they do meet with just the teens. And that's interesting. But it's crazy to me the ages. There was just one example. I don't know if you got to it yet, but the parent was like, oh, my 13-year-olds came home and I could tell that she was high. And so we had a talk and blah, 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 blah. But I'm like, am I just a grandma? Are you like 13? The hell? Or are you like, oh, yeah, whatevs. Where Me? are you with that? Yeah. If, oh, like, what's this 13? I think it's one of those where every child is a product of their environment not necessarily their home but also their school environment as well i will say i do have a friend who whose daughter was at school some of us who left the school we were at and her daughter was at a school where she said there were kids in that class so seventh graders who were like vaping supposedly so I guess that's pretty much the um, same thing. Is vaping, it? No, vaping is nicotine. You can vape anything. So I would say you could vape. Yeah, you can vape marijuana. Yeah. <laughs> vaping, what's so crazy is like, we're the generation where smoking was horrible. So right there, don't smoke. Yeah. And so yes, they stopped yes. those ads because smoking went way down and then vaping came right in. And so I think there's this generation of kids that didn't get all of those no smoking ads that our generation did. But there are definitely kids who vape in our middle school, like not in our school. So the nice thing about being a charter school is that they can be a lot stricter and things can move a yes. lot faster than being in our Good school point. district. Yes. And so those things are um, addressed very quickly. I, I was an adolescent therapist for a long time and 
I know our middle schools. Like I remember having a client tell me like, oh, I go in the bathroom and she was in seventh grade and she was like, people were already like high and taking various drugs, not just marijuana. And we're being like, what? You're in middle school and this is happening everywhere. And it happens a little bit to the extent of my kid's school. My kid's school is just super strict. And so kids are like, can be kicked out very easily and just repercussions and all that stuff. But there, but my daughter has told me that there are, there is a group of kids that do drugs and there are kids that are doing these things younger. Right. And my kids are still very, what do I want? I don't know if I want to say naive, but they're very much, that's horrible. That's really bad. Right. Like they think vaping's really bad and that marijuana is really bad and terrible and drinking and stuff like that. But it's crazy because I know of some of my daughter's friends who have been drinking. But this was by freshman year of high school, which I'm like, just at least get to high school. When did you start drinking? When did you have your first drink with friends? Why did you make that face? Kelly was very secretive growing up. So I wouldn't be surprised if Kelly were like, oh, yeah, I did lines every morning before school. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) No. Drugs? Did you try marijuana in high school? No. Did you drink? I may have had a drag of a cigarette. My junior year of high school is when I started to hang out with different groups of friends. And I went out with Nikki and Julie and there were we met up so, with some boys and they were drinking they were hanging out for a period of time with some older boys junior college guys and they were drinking mountain dew and jack daniels and so i drank some of that but that i want to say so disgusting it, it's terrible i actually disgusting. never drank that again and oh, honestly i think that's where sometimes it's good when your first couple of experiences with certain things are like so horrendous you're like i'll never do that again but we grew up around alcohol. So like I was taking my asthma medicine as like a nine-year-old with mom's Coors Light. So what? We, you drank Coors Light? To take the pill? Yeah, we would be at what? like... What? We Don't would, take a wee. I'm sorry okay. you're drinking at five. <laughs> I was okay, so not. We would, we, our parents would be out drinking and we would be somewhere and I would need to take my pill and my mom would just be like, here, take it with this. Like, that's why you're such a good sleeper. Mom got you drunk every <laughs> It was a drink of it. I honestly don't know how old I was. It's horrible. I hope it was one time. And now, can you retroactively You're judging call CPS? me. I'm not judging. I don't feel like it. Mother. You are five years old. I'm judging your mother. It's Coors Light of water. Um, it's not. It was like it was a, Blue it was Moon or something. I don't know. I mean, you think about culturally, like how they had ales in old England, like I'll read books and they get yeah. mead. To so children. I, I feel like being exposed at a younger age to beer and drinking it because it was like something I needed to swallow and there was no other liquid around. I suppose there could have been water in somebody's house because I think there was indoor plumbing in most of their friends' houses. It tasted disgusting. I never liked beer. I think in, in college, you get conditioned to drink it in some way. We went um, to a really big binge drinking college. I, I did not like beer. I did not care about drinking I don't know how old I was when I started drinking. Like definitely high school, we had to to sign those forms. Just we say, were both like, in we sports. Do, yeah, drugs, alcohol, if, and it was very strict. If you got caught, you would be in huge amounts of trouble, You'd be suspended. And we also were raised in an area that was so conservative and uber Catholic. And so I was pretty sure of two things in high school. One is 
if I had out, if I had any alcohol, I was going to die in a drunk driving accident, either because I was driving or somebody I was with was drinking and we were just going to die. Like I was pretty sure, like I guarantee you just, I might've driven home from Nikki and Julie and I might've had a sip of something. And I was like, tonight's the night I'm going to die on my way home when I drive because I was pretty sure that was right. Exactly. (laughs) Like I was pretty sure that was what was going to happen. That's why I was, mom and dad didn't do that. I don't know why I was so paranoid about everything. And then also if I had sex, I was going to get pregnant. Like however my village raised me. So it wasn't necessarily mom and dad being like, don't do these things. You're going to die. That girl, she went out drinking that one night. And do you know she died? First of all, a lot of people in our school were pregnant. Yes. And a lot of our cousins did not finish high school because they got pregnant. So we did see a lot of people. I don't think that pregnancy equals high school dropout. No. (laughs) But there was just a lot of teen pregnancy around us because no one was teaching us well, about Also, it was so messed sex. up that if you got <laughs> pregnant, didn't it was you abstinence get, only. Some of them so. would just get kicked out of the high schools they would be at and they would come to our Catholic school because yeah, the that's where they took them let, in. Would let the pregnant girls refuge. So I don't know. Anyways. Yes. No. Yeah. And then drinking wise, I definitely drank in high school uh, on and off. I was really the DD all the time. I would go to parties. I don't know. I just wasn't really into drinking. But we went to a big binge drinking college. And I mean, you say don't like beer. I never like beer, but I would just chug. How terrible. Like I would just chug it to get drunk, which is just terrible. But not, I, I didn't really, I think you and I both were able to stay fairly sheltered until we went off to college. Yes. We didn't really do anything. No. Um, and I like, think yeah. for both of us, our kids are being raised in these large populated cities where there's, they're exposed to a lot of their schools. There's a lot of stuff going on. And I think just working with having them it's a be... a real world. Yeah. Having them be exposed yeah. to that stuff, but not know what's happening. Know what happens everywhere. There are people who are doing those things and just try to help them have a healthy relationship with those vices. Yeah. Thanks for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe so you can hear our latest episodes as soon as they drop. If you love today's episode, please share with another mom. And while you're there, it would be great if you gave us a five-star rating and review. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to know more about Kelly and I, want to find more of our blogs, tips, tools, resources, check that out at ChasingBrighter.com. And we interact with you on Instagram and Facebook at Chasing Brighter. Thanks. We'll be here next week.